Good morning, Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. We take communion every week at church. But what are you really doing when we take the bread and the drink? Where is your mind? I suspect the answer is different from all of us. I suspect it is different week to week. Sometimes I'm really focused on Jesus. Others, I'm thinking about lunch or watching someone else in the room, or maybe I simply am trying not to spill grape juice on my pants. Today, I want to explain the Lord's Supper and give us some thoughts to direct ourselves each week. You may have already noticed that our order of service is different for this Sunday, and that is to celebrate the Lord's Supper after. We're directed to God's Word so that we can apply the truths we learn. In 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 34, the Corinthian church is struggling with communion, and Paul is about to correct them and instruct us. Paul writes, Now in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. Indeed, there have to be factions among you, for only so will it become clear among who among you are genuine. When you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you proceeds to eat his own supper. And one goes hungry and another becomes drunk. What, do you not have households to eat and drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you? In this matter, I do not commend you. For I receive from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and the blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves. Only then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For all who eat and drink without discerning the body eat and drink judgment against themselves. For this reason, many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves, we would not be judged. But when you are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not become condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If you are hungry, eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for your condemnation. About the other things, I will give you instruction when I come. N.T. Wright points out that when Jesus point, wants to explain his death to his followers, he doesn't give them a theory, a sermon, or a writing. Instead, he gives them a meal. A relationship with God accomplished through the death of Jesus is demonstrated in the Lord's Supper, and our connection and fellowship with one another as members of his body is established in eating and drinking together like a family. Verse 26, following Jesus' instructions in the meal, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
Its purpose is to commemorate or put attention on the sacrifice of Jesus. Today, I call you to embrace Jesus and to embrace one another in the Lord's Supper. When you take communion, embrace Jesus. Focus your minds on Him. Communion is an act of remembering. It's a memorial, a symbol to remember the real person and work of Jesus. Think about what you're doing. The elements of bread and wine represent his broken body and his blood spilled on the cross. In verse 24, Jesus says, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then right after verse 26, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Think about it. We are taking his body and his blood into ourselves. This is about as deep as an embracing as someone can get. We are being nourished by him and what he has accomplished for us, ingesting the peace and hope and strength that comes from his work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Now let's discuss a couple of quick points of confusion that sometimes pop up around the Lord's Supper. First, they drank wine in the Lord's Supper. Some argue against this simply based on a misguided view of abstaining from alcohol, but, but the, those who are, were indulging themselves became drunk, and the historical data tells us that wine was the primary drink of the day. Also, both Lord's Supper and communion are accurate names for the ordinance, and I will use them interchangeably. The Lord's Supper comes from its origin as the supper the Lord gave and taught us to take, and communion is more of a descriptive name uh, it is an intimate communion with Jesus and one another. I think it can be easy to look at the ordinance and see it as a religious spectacle, vain tradition. I want a re we want a relationship. We want something that is authentic and really helps us in life, real love for God and others. And, and we might ask how a religious institutionalized ceremony like the Lord's Supper helps anybody. Communion is a means of grace. That means God uses it to do good things to us, in us, and through us. Just like Bible study or prayer or good fellowship with other believers, communion is a spiritual discipline through which God promises to meet us in a special way. Participate in the Lord's Supper with full devotion, reverence, and seriousness. Do not only take my word for it. Instead, consider the teachings of God's word and let them guide you on the matter. The elements, the bread, the wine, his body, and blood focus our minds on the sacrifice he made for us. They remind us of his love and his mercy and his grace. We're confronted by the horror of our sin and the depth of his love to take our penalty on himself. It pushes us to repent of our current sin and to rest in his forgiveness and his care for us in our present troubles. He died for us so he will certainly not abandon us now. We are all against mindless, mechanical, religious, going through the motions. No one is defending that. That is a worthless waste of time. And Jesus condemned that throughout his ministry in the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders, right? He says, God desires mercy, not sacrifice, quoting Hosea. This is my point today. I want us to steer us away from just going through the motions and just doing it just to do it. Instead, take the time seriously. Direct your mind to Jesus and your connection to one another. In communion, 
embrace your brothers and sisters in Christ. All the problems creep in when we make it about us. Communion is about our togetherness, our equality in Jesus, in his kingdom. It looks forward to the day we will all feast together at his tables in his kingdom once he has come back and made all things right. When you miss church and therefore miss the Lord's Supper, you are missing a great opportunity to draw near to God, an appointment with Jesus. It is commanded for us to participate, and you cannot do it alone. By its very nature, it must be done with others. So each week, the time you focus on Jesus through the Lord's Supper is valuable. And no, you will not be that focused on the golf course or in the tree stand or on your front porch. Our embrace of one another is inherent in the word communion. Notice that he starts this whole section out condemning their divisions and factions. Join your brothers and sisters and embrace their presence as equals in, the, in Jesus. No divisions, no tears. Whether you have been here 70 years or 7 days, no matter if you've given $10,000 a year or you merely have $10 to your name, no matter if you have a squeaky, squeaky clean reputation or you're ashamed of your past, in Jesus, in the Lord's Supper, we are all sinners saved by His grace and mercy, blessed by God. We're all one and the same in Jesus. When you take communion, you're accepting those you take it with. You are not saying you like or agree with everything they do, believe, or stand for. One of the great lies that we've bought is that we can't be together with, embrace, or love people who think differently or live or act or vote differently than we do. That is completely contrary to the way and the teachings of Jesus. He loved and embraced all kinds of people who were very different than he. He did not forget that he shared the first Lord's Supper with Judas, who he knew would betray him. In our passage for today, the problem is the church is not loving one another. In the act, the very act which symbolizes our togetherness in Christ. The wealthy were enjoying their food and drink while others were going hungry. It appears that in the early church, communion was always the beginning of a meal. It was taken, and then they'd all eat the meal together. And it was in this meal that the problems were arising. The way of Jesus is never focused on the self. It demands we put Jesus and others first through love, humility, and service. Communion symbolizes the way of Jesus well. Here is our question for this morning. How do these truths inform the way we participate in communion or the Lord's Supper? Start by utilizing the time you're given. The communion meditation and the communion song are occasions to embrace Jesus and one another. They're not just time to look around. They have a purpose. First, remember Jesus' love, forgiveness, and care put on display on the cross. Think about what Jesus did for you. Think about the anxieties and the troubles you're dealing with and how the cross proves that Jesus will see you through to better days. Second, examine yourself to know if you have sin to confess and turn from. Think about how he suffered for you and express your gratitude to him. If you make proper use of the time, God will work in you. You are distracted, bitter, irritated, or just going through the motions of the religious act, you will miss the opportunity. Finally, 
Use the opportunity to pray for those who are participating with you. You can't judge a person's heart. You do not know their relationship with Jesus. It is not my role, nor am I able. What you know is that the others in this room are embracing Jesus with you. They're embracing his death and resurrection by taking his body and blood into themselves. So embrace them. Love them like a brother or sister. Now, after we conclude the sermon, we'll take communion and put into practice the disciplines, the principles that we've learned. So use the communion song and the passing of the elements to embrace Jesus and one another. I thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. I pray that whether it's us or another church, that you will find a way uh, to embrace Jesus and one another through communion. We gather every Sunday morning at 10.50 a.m. Once again, that's every Sunday morning at 10.50 a.m. We're at 200 East Main Street in Stanford, Kentucky. So we're on Main Street right next to the courthouse in Stanford, Kentucky. You can find out more information about going to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Go there and you can find out more information about your first time visiting. Uh, you can also click on the Contact Us tab to be able to send us a message, let us know how we can pray for you, how we can serve you and love you. Uh, you can also click on the Give tab so that you can give to our ministry and support the ways we're sharing Jesus online. So once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. We thank you so much for listening today and pray that you have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.